Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey everyone, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder and CEO of Create and Cultivate, and this is Work Party, a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rulebook and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real tech advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman from hiring to mentorship to raising money and so much more. Whether you're pivoting to a new industry, negotiating a raise, turning your side hustle into a full-time gig, or pitching your company to investors, we're giving you the tips and tricks you need to take your career to the next level. Ready to make some money moves? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. Content is queen. In 2020, American adults spent seven hours and 50 minutes per day consuming content online, which is up over 15% from 2019. And that trend doesn't show any signs of slowing down. In fact, experts predict that the amount of time people spend online is on track to surpass eight hours a day by the end of 2022. Like I said, content is definitely queen which is good news for entrepreneurs. From developing an online presence and building brand awareness to driving revenue and leads, content has the power to create real and lasting relationships with a highly engaged audience. Just ask the Every Girl co-founder, Elena Kazmarski. Since launching the Every Girl in 2012, Elena and her co-founder, Danielle Moss, have built a veritable media empire, including a widely popular website that attracts over 1 million monthly visitors and a social media presence that includes more than 1 million Instagram followers alone. In other words, she knows a thing or two about creating content that cultivates an audience. So without further ado, let's get right into it and welcome to the work party, Elena. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm thrilled to catch up and chat and I hope I can provide something useful. Oh, you definitely together. can. Please. I'm like excited to pick your brain, but let's start at the beginning. So before starting the Every Girl, you launched a lifestyle blog as a, a complete side hustle because your 9 to 5 just left you unfulfilled. So, how did this experience lead to the Every Girl and what was your sort of light bulb moment? Yeah, so that is all true. I liked my job, but um I knew it wasn't a forever job and you know, I was 
23 and felt like I had to have my mind made up then. And every minute, every week that went by, I was losing precious time. Like, oh, I wish I could go back and give that girl a hug. But like, it's okay. You don't need to know right away. And so I was just considering everything. You know, I really wanted to get a job in journalism in, in, in magazines, technically in New York. And couldn't get my foot in the door. And yeah, I was like, is Matt, is the magazine thing out? Do I need to go back to school for something? So I, it all culminated in a personal blog. And I, I just kind of sat down and I was like, if I write about all the things I love, maybe the thing I should do for the rest of my life will present itself among the content. But what I didn't realize was that blog helped me with the one thing I was never particularly good at. And that was networking. I never felt comfortable forming what could maybe feel like a fake relationship or like just a relationship trying to get something out of it. I just, I never liked that, but blogging let me connect with other women who uh, fellow Chicago bloggers, which there were very few of us at the time, maybe a dozen. So we all knew each other just because of our blogs and we were all cheering each other on and visiting each other's sites every day. So that allowed me to kind of grow a little network. And in doing so, I met the woman who ended up becoming my co-founder. That is Danielle Moss. She also lived in Chicago and had a blog. And, you know, it's kind of funny. It's a common misconception. I'm, I'm often asked, what was it like starting a business with my best friend? And I was like, we barely knew each other when we went into business together. We, like I said, we knew each other's blogs, but we'd met twice in person. We just had this common dream and interest. I, I can remember the night like it was yesterday, sitting down, talking about, you know, being in our twenties, feeling lost. We were financially independent, trying to figure it out. How do you get ahead? How do you get your foot in the door? How do you make connections? How do you know, you never have those networking opportunities. You know, you're just a gal kind of trying to figure it all out, living on a budget, everything. And it was just like, that was our light bulb moment. Like, I need that resource. Why doesn't that exist? You need that resource. Everything was celebrities and high-end luxury and just out of our price point and lifestyle. So we wanted to, you, you know, we kind of, it was just like, yes, let's bring this to life. There needs to be a magazine. That's kind of what we thought at the time that spotlights real women and not to say there's, there's not real women, but like, you know, the every, the everyday woman, um, who's doing incredible things or on, on the up and up interview the people who are at the top and bring those interviews to, to light for people trying to get ahead who maybe never have that opportunity to connect directly with that, that woman, that, that CEO or that VP at some fashion firm, we would do the interviews and, and share all that, their wealth of information with our readers. And then again, lifestyle content that was affordable and attainable travel content that was inspiring budget content, finance advice that was actually helpful for all the people who weren't finance majors. So again, that was, that, that was all came from just a little personal blog that I started. Oh my gosh, in 2009, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> That's amazing. I was going to ask what time period this was, because it feels very 2008, 2009. Cause I think so many of us had gone through that magazine to blog transition, which now I feel like would be like, what are you talking about? So that's amazing. And and that's good to know about your co-founder because I think I don't think I knew that either. But I, sometimes that's the best business partnerships is when you just stumble into it. You have, you know, a similar mission or, or want to start something together. So within four months of launching the Every Girl, you know, it quickly became a popular destination for young women. It was named a top 100 website for women by Forbes. So how did you handle, I mean, four months is early. So like, how did you handle this sudden influx of traffic and attention? And were you prepared for that influx. Yes. Again, I can remember that like it was yesterday. Forbes was a very monumental moment in my career because again, we had 
just launched for uh, we we didn't even know what was happening someone i think on twitter was like hey congrats saw you guys in the forbes list we were like what what forbes list what are we in and this was most importantly a, a sign for us that we were onto something like that need that we had that we bonded over was clearly a need thousands millions of other women out there in the country and the world also needed it just confirmed what we were hoping because again, we weren't making money at this point. We were just, this was all happening on top of our full-time jobs. And um, my dad answering to him every week with with his question, now, why are you doing this again? What's going to come of this, this blog? And I'm like, dad, I don't know, but I love what I'm doing. I'm passionate about what I'm doing and people are reading it and wanting it. And we're helping women. And like, that was ultimately always our goal. The business didn't really exist. The industry didn't exist. How to generate revenue this way. We, we thought it would be through selling ads, sponsored content and brand partnerships were not even on the scene then. So and they weren't for a few years. So we just followed our gut. And Forbes was just another, it kind of anchored us that we had a purpose and, and we were onto something that to kind of just stick with it. Yeah, it's definitely a validation. But as you grew, like what were some of the biggest challenges? And to your point, it was like banner ads, right? Like that's how you made money on the internet. How did you go from the banner ad ad model to going into more of this like sponsored content direction? Was it, a, was it challenging? You know, how did you sort of approach that? That's a great question. Fortunately, we, fortunately and unfortunately, so neither of us were, came from a tech background and neither of us came from a business background. We were two creatives. And I think being self-aware of all that we didn't know led us to be very conservative all along. So uh, again, I know Forbes happened four months in, but we had been blogging for three plus years before even launching the Every Girl. So the day we launched, there was quite a bit of traffic that we were we were prepared for then. And, and it's always just been kind of a slow, steady growth over the years. And we've just played it conservatively all along. It, it's like I was just saying, we've never taken on funding. It's always just been slow and steady and very conservative with spending and very conservative with uh, hiring and and everything. So I think that's been a really key factor to our success. And then, oh, sponsorships. Great question. And I just, I cannot emphasize this enough. We for sure made mistakes. It was so exciting at the beginning at the thought of anyone wanting to pay us for this work we've been doing. Probably, it was probably a year to a year and a half before someone was like, hey, can we, can we be write a sponsored post? Can we put our brand up behind a post on your site? And it was a, a fashion brand and it was just like, Oh my gosh, yes. How exciting. It, it was a fit enough that, you know, like the, the products they sold were relevant to our readers, but to be honest, they weren't a style that necessarily aligned with us or, or nec- our readers and readers straight up called us out. Like the comments were, I don't like any of these. Why are you sharing this? And that was just a, a huge light bulb of like, eh, like you need to stay, you have to be able to turn down money. You have to be authentic to yourself. Like you, you cannot sell out or you will lose your reader's trust. And there's nothing more valuable than earning a reader's trust and keeping it. So that's always continued to be a huge factor and, and a big priority for us is does this partnership align? Would we talk about this product or brand if there wasn't dollars behind it? Is it a natural fit? Is it helpful to our readers? So that's just, I think sticking, sticking with that has been really important. <laughs> Allow me to hit pause on today's interview and take a brief moment to talk about investing. Wish you were in early on some of the best performing IPOs of 2019 and 2020. 
our crowd investors were, and now you can join them in what's next. With our crowd, accredited investors have access to invest directly, easily, and most importantly, early. Our crowd investors have benefited from our crowd companies IPOing like Beyond Meat or being bought by companies like Intel, Nike, Microsoft, and Oracle. Here's how it works. Our crowd's investment professionals leverage their extensive network to review some of the most promising private companies and startups in the world. Their in-depth due diligence includes meeting with management teams and comprehensive vetting of deals they decide to make part of their own portfolio. If you're an accredited investor, you can join Our Crowd for free at ourcrowd.com slash party and review the current opportunities with no payment involved until you participate in a deal. As you review potential deals, you'll have access to Our Crowd's investor relations team. You can talk to directly on the phone about your personal investment goals. You guys have heard me talk about this brand partner before. And as always, I want to hook you up with a stellar deal. So right now you can join Our Crowd's investment in Beyond XR, a platform that's enabling the world's leading brands to attract customers with the future of virtual shopping journeys. Beyond XR's 3D technology is transforming the way brands do business in the $4 trillion e-commerce market. You can get in early on Beyond XR and other unique opportunities at OurCrowd.com slash party. The OurCrowd account is free. Just go to OurCrowd.com slash party, O-U-R-C-R-O-W-D.com slash party. And now back to the show. Even though sometimes it, as a self-funded small business owner, I'm sure it can be challenging to turn down money, but you know, in the lo- it's the long game for sure. So creating a media company is not easy. You know, so much of building a content brand is about metrics and measuring engagement and page views and traffic and bounce rates and email opens. So is it challenging to stay the course and create content you love when trends and data are maybe telling you to do something different? Yes and no. And <laughs> I know that's not particularly helpful. Um, Yes, it's easy. And we are lucky in that our whole goal is to help shape well-rounded women. You know, it's balanced about everything. It's having your finances in order, putting priority on career growth or educational trajectory, but then also your lifestyle and your relationships and your mental health. It's all of it. So we have the ability to talk about everything. And we definitely can see the trends of what people are more interested in in a given month or year or period in time, but we're always going to cover all of it because again, that, that all just comes back to our mission of covering all of it. So yes. And it's hard when you see everyone wanting to talk about some Bravo show that isn't a fit with your content. And it's like, what if we get thousands of pages if we write about it? But like, it's, it's, it's really kind of easy because there's so much else out there. We're not the site people come to for that kind of a content. And so just kind of staying true to that. I think leaning into the content you see is performing and aligns with what you're trying that the purpose you're trying to serve is where you're going to get it. And then not losing sight. We tell our team weekly, we will always have a place for the, the important content, uh, the content that maybe isn't getting tens of thousands of clicks, but we will always, our platform will always be a voice for, for those stories. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. It, it's this kind of interesting time where it's like either clickbait or completely educational and really informative. And I feel like there's like no in between, like it's really challenging. And look, like I click on the clickbaity stuff all the time, but I also am like looking for more of like the hard hitting items as well. And it's a tough, it's a tough challenge when there's so much content out there. So let's talk about social media, because obviously that's a huge gateway into traffic and getting people to your site and understanding your brand. So how did you develop a social media strategy that fuels your community and helps you meet your you know, goals? 
And do you recommend following the 80-20 rule where 80% of content informs, educates, or entertains and 20% promotes your business? Or do you just kind of mix it up or, or how are you sort of approaching it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are great questions. Our social media strategy has 100% evolved as social media evolves. That's just a given, but we're fortunate that our business is content. So the content we're putting on social media ultimately, or, or I should say the content we're, we're putting on social media to drive to the site, which is ultimately our business, is content that is helpful, educational, informative, humorous, et cetera. I would classify more of our business type posts, the things where, you know, we have product collaborations that, you know, everything from furniture lines to, we actually just launched a planner collection that's in target, which is so exciting. So, and I think our readers as well, possibly even sponsored content. So if I were to put that in the business part of what we're pushing on Instagram, you know, we don't follow any kind of hard 80, 20 rule, but I think we, we do our best to not only balance it, but lean on the, um, you know, people don't want to feel sold to like, that's, that's not why anyone's just following. So our team, again, works really, really hard at balancing that, making sure we're giving people content that covers everything. And again, even that the business stuff where we're promoting is in line with the content we're pushing. So that the product collaborations we have are affordable, stylish furniture lines, planners that will help you with your career at 12 and $18 price points. Like, so everything still ultimately comes back to, to the same goal and mission of helping our readers. But yeah, it's really important to not just sell, 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 sell. No one wants that. No one unfollow. Like, and, and again, immediately, as soon as someone doesn't like something we're doing, like we're really focused on transparency and making sure our values are out there so that the people who want to be following us and align with that do. And that those who feel they don't align, you know, and we saw that a lot last year, we spoke up a lot last year about things we hadn't before. We always had, but it maybe hadn't been as forthcoming. And it was just like, now, now's the time. Like, if you're not going to do this now and get it right now, why even be doing this? Um, So yeah, (laughs) I don't know if I answered your question, but I think being authentic is like the the most important thing with social media. And I know that's like a lame buzzword, but people are just over the facades. It's like, even on my own personal Instagram, it's like, I'm just, I'm give people the honest truth. It's like, why, why, you know, not that you're lying. It's just, you don't need to sugarcoat it. I think people are ready for that with social media. <laughs> They're kind of over the picture. Perfect. Totally. Yeah. Especially with the evolution of TikTok and like all these sort of like real, you know, kind of face-to-face platforms. I think that that makes total sense. And so you mentioned as Social media has evolved, as has your strategy. Um, but I'm curious for you, you know, you mentioned you now have a team of 15-ish plus employees. Like, how has your role evolved within the company as well? Because assumably you guys started and it was like the both of you doing everything. everything. So how has that, yeah, how has that evolved? Someone just asked me that. They said they were talking about growing content without a budget to pay writers. And they said, were you and Danielle writing everything? And I'm thinking back. No, at the beginning, those three years of blogging networking I was talking about let us form a community of fellow creatives who were all kind of just starting out and eager to to get their name out there. So again, at the beginning, we had a lot of writers and photographers working on a trade basis. But again, we were doing our best to help promote them. And, and then they did. Like we were able to grow uh, photographers in Chicago, for example, are, are friends of ours. And they've all grown their their personal photography businesses and writers have become much bigger writers and photographers and have gone on to larger sites and publications. So we also wrote, I I was writing a lot of the content and styling things. Danielle was shooting and photographing a lot of the content as well. Um, Managing the business, the accounting, the 
the branding. Oh my gosh. I remember it was years before we gave up control of Instagram because that was our like direct communication with a large following. And it was really unnerving to hand over the keys to someone else and just be like, okay, you're in charge of typing to 200,000 people, 400 on behalf of the company and the brand. Like that was a, that was a big deal, but that got way easier over time, you know, slowly. What can we not do anymore? That's the next hire we need. All right. This is, this is now on, on your plate. And then it's to her. Okay. What's the next, what do you need off your plate? And that's, that's literally the conversation we're still having today is what's that next need? Where are we at? We're, like I said, we've never taken on funding. We are slow and steady to grow. So it's always about what is the next greatest need to support everyone's workload. I, I, you know, as a small business and anyone who's worked at a startup or a small company knows you're wearing a lot of hats. There's no boundaries with ours. At least there weren't. We've worked really hard to get our team to a place where like you have our hours off at night. You're not being called and pinged unless there's some kind of emergency going on like in the world or the site's crashing. You're not like getting pinged about a story at 8 p.m. But, you know, we've, that's been, again, a growing pain that took a while, but was really important to us. I want to talk a little bit about the barter system. Like you kind of mentioned at the beginning, because both of the companies I've started relied so heavily on that at the very beginning, right? And whether like in your case, it's like writers, photographers, things like that. And even with Print and Cultivate, it was that, you know, at the beginning as well. But even with my first company, it was like the favor economy is very real in that there's equal exchange. And I think there's been some like pushback on that where it's like, no, like you need to be paid for every single thing you do. And I tend to disagree. I think there's definitely things you should be getting paid for. But I I think there is a lot of value in things as well that you can get a lot of amplification from also. So I'm just curious your your thoughts on that. Yes, yes, obviously. And again, with, okay. So I guess my first point is the barter system. Is it a fair trade? If it is truly like a, you know, you, you are getting something out of this and not just the promise of something that doesn't come. Like if you know you are gonna get paid clients out of a potential collaboration, maybe that's worth it. Like if you have that time to put it into that unpaid and a lot of people don't. And I think that's where a lot of that pushback's coming from is just in the efforts for equity and equality. Like you have to weigh that and um, make sure there's opportunities for people who can't do the barter system or yes, we did it. I did it. I was able to, again, I, I, I had Danielle and I both had full-time jobs. Actually, we were also doing other freelance jobs. So we, we were financially on our own, but, and you know, we, we were able to, and we put in a lot of time and late nights and early mornings outside of the work hours to, to do that. And one piece of advice I have for anyone in this industry and in any industry, it, whether it's for payment or not, I've actually saw some conversations on Instagram lately about just people kind of getting screwed over on, on not getting paid with money that they were promised, which like, I can't wrap my head around. And so my one piece of advice is put everything in writing, like contracts are hugely important to protect yourself, to protect the other party. Uh, if someone's promising they're going to tag you 10 times, like get, make sure that's in writing and like make sure you're screenshotting and seeing like that you're getting what you were promised. And yeah, anyway, that, that was a lesson. I think, especially if you're just starting out, you're nervous, you feel like you don't, you're not, you don't have the place to speak up and demand things for yourself, but you absolutely do. And you need to protect yourself and your time and your talent. So today's episode is sponsored by Osea Malibu, the original plant-based results-driven skincare line. It's brand partners like Osea Malibu that help keep our show up and running. So I'm happy to partner with female-founded, family-operated companies to share their new Andaria Algae Body Oil. 
to create this one-of-a-kind oil. They soak hand-harvested Andaria algae in barrels of oil for up to six months to give you baby soft, silky smooth skin from head to toe. If you're looking for that post-shower perfect product, trust me when I tell you, this is it. I started using it right out of the shower and it helped me say goodbye to my dry winter skin. The Andaria Algae Body Oil quickly absorbs, leaving me glowy, not greasy, and smells incredible. Plus, the bottles make a beautiful new addition to my bathroom. Work party listeners, it's important for us to prioritize our self-care. Something as simple as adding a new product to your regimen can feel like a game changer to your already existing routine. To add one of Osea's skin nourishing products to your rotation, head to oseamalibu.com slash party and get $10 off your order of $90 when you enter party at checkout. That's oseamalibu, O-S-E-A, malibu.com slash party and code party for $10 off at checkout. Now let's get back to the interview. I think that's great advice. Like contracts aren't for things that are just money related. Like there's, there's actual exchanges being made, whether it's an email list or an Instagram post, like in making sure that, you know, people are following through, but yeah, not getting paid, been there, done that. Like every, like it is such a, even with contracts, like it's, I remember, especially like, I think when I was a smaller business in my first company that it happened quite a bit. Um, just because people could get away with it. You know what I mean? It's like, they know you're not going to spend the money on a lawyer and it's really challenging. I think now, thankfully, um, you you know, there's more out there that can help you with those resources. But at the time it was like, sorry, like not sorry, like we're not paying you. And I remember how awful that was. So, so luckily there's a little bit more there. So you watched Every Girl nine years ago. So it's been nine years, which is amazing because I don't think you see that many media sites truly lasting that long, being that consistent. That um, haven't taken on funding, might I add. <laughs> They've all either been bought or- Or yeah. bought or whatever. Yeah. So how has the brand changed and evolved since the early days? And I guess, what are the plans for the future? We were just chatting a little bit about this, but like, what's your end goal for the every girl? And every mom. Oh gosh, great question. How has it not changed? I mean, I, I, if you want to know how it's changed, just look at how has social media changed. Um, again, I was just talking actually with our our PR team about this. Like Instagram was not even part of our launch campaign. I think it was out, but not for like the average user. Um, so Pinterest was really big back when we launched. So that just puts it in perspective that Instagram was not really a thing anyone was using when we launched, which is crazy how much things change and how quickly in the tech space. So and again, we've grown and adapted with it. That has been the, the agility we have as a company. We've been very low overhead. And, and again, part of the reason we haven't sold is because my business partner and I were always able to just make the call if something had to change, like or make the decision. Like in that moment, are we getting on Snapchat? God, do we have to get on Snapchat? Who's going to handle the Snapchat? Is Snapchat even going to help us? We ended up not ever really getting on Snapchat for the record, but like, and that, that would be like board of directors weighing in. What are the costs? Like I was just like jumping through hoops when, so decision-making has allowed us to keeping that in-house has given us a lot of agility, which I truly think has kept us successful over the years. Changing with the times as needed again, while staying true to our end goal, which is helping women and getting content in front of women, the way consumers are consuming media has completely changed. We launched and designed a site that we, most of our readers were reading on desktop computers or laptops. Now it's tablet and mobile is the majority of, of content. So making sure the site and the user experience on site has evolved. Right now, the main goal is how do we get eyeballs off of Instagram and over to our website? So that's something we're talking about all the time. 
are, how do you get people to open your emails? That's something, you know, what time are they, are, are they on? Even, you know, what's going on in the world? I think, again, we saw more this year than ever it affects the kind of content people need from us. You know, we ultimately are a service and again, in terms of trying to help women. So it's like, what, what do they not need to hear more of? What's, what's going to lift them up right now? What's going to help them through these difficult times? So again, that ability to, to change as the times change has just, I think, really contributed to our success and I'm really grateful for it. So again, we've evolved a lot. We are, the site's grown. Traffic is, is growing over the years. Our team has grown from two co-founders to, to three to four. So now we're at about, I don't know the exact number. I want to say 15 full-time staff, 30 plus contributors, regular contributors who are you know, very much so part of the team and, and the editorial decisions. Uh, we launched the every mom. That's kind of a funny story. Back when we launched the every girl, we bought the every mom.com in 2013. Oh, wow. So a long time in the making, long time in the making. We've always had lofty goals. I like to say uh, we dreamed about being in target stores back when we launched. I think that was probably part of our first meeting with each other. It was like, maybe one day we'll have a product line in target. Didn't know what it would be, but it was just a goal. And, and now that exists, but the other mom, yeah, I mean, we were 20, seven and 30 at the time and did not have children of our own. And so it's like, who are we to launch a mom site? But we always knew that that would probably be a next step. And so two years ago when we both found ourselves pregnant at the same time, which is really kind of crazy. And oh called, yes, that's right. We like dusted off that URL and we're like, Hey, I think we can bring this to light now. <laughs> I think that's such a great story because like, I think for any entrepreneur, think that big right? Like think ahead of the game and buy that URL and like buy the URL, secure all the social handles. (laughs) So true. Yes. Hold on to that. Yeah, no, I love that. So what was it like being pregnant at the same time as two, two co-founders? What was that like? I think you need to ask the team. Yeah. You're like, yeah, (laughs) no comment. It was actually kind of funny because we, we, we've both been pregnant now twice. And I think again, for the sake of the team too, I had a fairly easy first time around and, and I think Danielle felt more sick. And then the second time around, you know, and that, that's been just such a, a nice plus of having a business partner is having someone else to, to have your back when you've been out or can't be in, or if you need to take a vacation, there's someone else there. And that, you know, that's been really nice. And now that our team's grown, we have a support system in place where again, like I can take a vacation if I need to, which was not the case at the beginning. It was just two of us like doing everything. So for sure. And are you guys completely remote? Now we are, we still have an office in Chicago. It's again, a very frugal, small space. It's not, we never got uh, some big brick and mortar set up. We kept it. Our team loves it and values it and misses their time together. So we, we hear that. And again, we need a place for all of our stuff to go and our mail to go. So we do still have it right now. We are fully remote this year taught us we can be, which was also hugely helpful. I miss it. I miss seeing my team. They're again, incredible. I love collaborating with them in person. I think we inspire each other and just, even if it's a normal conversation, not about work, it's some, some ideas can, can fly in that kind of environment. So I totally agree. So last fall, you launched the every girl media group foundation. So can you tell us a little bit about that nonprofit extension? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I got to add that to the, how we've grown. That's, that's crazy. We've talked again for years. It was like, what can we be doing to give back? How can we give back? How can we spotlight important charities or initiatives or causes? And a lot of it was bandwidth. And a lot of it was just not having the resources to put the right kind of like anything. It requires marketing and awareness and sharing that you're doing it. And, and so we just, again, as we grew a lot the last three to four years, trying to 
hire editors and and launch the every mom and hire team for that. It's just it, it's it's always been in the back of our minds as, as something we want to get to, much like the every mom was something we wanted to get to. And I think this year we were really fortunate that that we we got a partner on board who made this generous donation that we were able to launch the foundation and we gave away four $5,000 grants to women-owned businesses, which again, could there have been a better year to do something like that? Like, it's just kind of crazy. And we had this larger team. We had the capacity to get that site up and get the news out and do it the right way. So I guess for anyone out there listening, who's, who's growing or wanting to start something like it's, it's okay to not do it all at once. You, you want to do it right. So just patience pays off sometimes to, to do things on the the scale that will truly be the most helpful. At least that's what we saw with, with the foundation. And I'm excited to see that grow and, and do a lot more with it. You know, $20,000 this past year, hopefully it'll be a lot more this year and, and in the future. Before we get into that, let's take a quick break to chat about one of today's sponsors, Verb. Do you know those days where you feel like your tank is running on empty? The days that you're tempted for a three o'clock coffee? Well, allow me to introduce you to Verb. Verb makes delicious 90-calorie snack bars that are gluten-free, plant-based, and have as much caffeine as an espresso. But that caffeine comes from organic green tea, meaning you get a smooth, long-lasting energy boost without any of the jitters. Whether it's a kickstart before my morning workout or a kick to my afternoon slump, I'm always reaching for one of their blueberry crisps or cookie butter bars, my favorite flavor right now. So I know personally it can be hard to keep hustling when your energy is lacking. So I've worked out a special deal for Work Party Podcast listeners. Receive over 50% off Verb's best-selling starter kit. This is a great way to try any of their delicious flavors. Go to verbenergy.com slash work or use code work at check out to claim this deal. That's verb energy, V-E-R-B-E-N-E-R-G-Y.com slash work. This discount is only valid for their starter kit. I hope you guys are enjoying this episode as much as I have so far. So let's get right back into it. And to that note, entrepreneurship is on the rise right now with applicants growing at the fastest rate since 2007, which is incredible, especially for women-owned businesses. So what advice do you have for entrepreneurs who are starting a business today? First of all, that's incredible and that's exciting. And gosh, I wish all of them the best of luck. It's really exciting. Again, I think going into it, I, I guess it's kind of a twofold piece of advice. One, you, you, anyone launching business probably has a dream and a goal and like their heart set on it and a vision of how it's going to be. The bad news is it's, there's a very good chance it's not going to go the way you have your heart set on it, but that's okay. And not only is that okay, that's going to make you a much stronger business in the end. Like I said earlier, our ability and willingness to pivot and change as needed has kept us afloat this year more than ever. Like we were really nervous in the spring. We didn't know what to expect. And we totally shifted our content and scaled back because we had parents on staff who all of a sudden didn't have childcare. And it was like, you know what, if you can only get one, two stories up today, like screw it, get one or two stories up today. Like we are going to get through this together and thinking a little bit more long-term, like we, as if we can get through this week, this month together, like there'll be a light at the end of the tunnel here. So anyone launching a business know that it might not go to plan, be willing to shift when you see changes coming, if that's possible, or, or try to even build that into your plan. I think there's something to be said for multiple revenue streams. Like even if it's in two, the online and the in-person shop, the you know, I, I'm not an expert at all the other businesses out there, but just things to consider that have helped us in the past. Yeah. I mean, if 2020 taught us anything, it is have multiple revenue streams. Like, I think that's so true and dip your hand in different buckets. 
Uh, for sure, because you never know. You, what is you going never to know. And we saw some take a hit, but we fortunately had others that we could fall back on um, back in the spring. So, and and some that you know that we're, we're relying on advertisers. That's totally out of our control how they're choosing to spend money. So we had we have courses and we have other 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 ways to to bring in income that. Thank goodness. Yeah. And being so small in the scheme of things gives you that agility to to transition and move it and move quickly, which I think is what we did as well. Um, And I think it's why, you know, you grew like you did last year and like we did too. I mean, I think it's like, if you're like a much larger company, it's much more challenging to make those quick decisions. There's definitely benefit to that as well. So I know we touched on this a little bit, but what's next for the every girl? Like, you know, what's your vision for the brand moving forward? What's your five-year plan? Like what, what's next? What do I share? No, I mean, honestly, right now, again, we'll always be dreaming big in a perfect world. I mean, I would love the every girl name to be known, not like, you know, everyone, but our target consumer, like that we're a familiar brand name, I think there's still something to be done there or a lot of work to be done there. And again, we, we've never raised funding. Like, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's going to be the answer ultimately. Like, how do you ever get in front of all those kind of those eyeballs? There's a lot of eyeballs out there and then everyone fighting for their attention. So, I mean, that's just, you know, pipe dream goal of mine. Um, right now, like I said, we, 2020 was very challenging, even for us as a staff. Like I said, we, we were short staffed, but we were growing as a business. So right now, 2021 is getting our footing, like getting a strong foundation under us as the team grows. We're bringing on new staff, new editors, making sure all of our, like our infrastructure is in place. Just that's, that's been our main goal. We want to get it right. We want to make sure the, the experience working for us is a positive one that our employees are learning and growing as, as employees. And so then we'll start tackling the next stuff. You know, we're really, really thrilled to be in Target. Like, that's amazing. I really hope to see that collaboration grow next year, possibly uh, expanding into other product lines. I mean, the Every Girl, again, covers every facet of life, <laughs> well-rounded by the definition. So there's a lot of potential there. Maybe a podcast, who knows? We'll see. <laughs> to that point, I have to think, you know, just like everyone else, I get asked all the time, is it too late to get into blogging? And I'm like, hell no, it's not too late to get into blogging. Like do it. If you have something to say and something to share, why wouldn't you, you know? So I, I think that just applies everywhere. So yeah, we'll see. (laughs) I totally agree. I also have to say, I think that every girl is like a household name amongst women. Um, I feel like I've known about it forever. And I remember when I got my, my home featured on the site, I mean, I want to say it was like six years ago now. It was like the biggest deal. And I like sent no, it to everyone. I feel like it was so long ago. It was like one of my first like apartments in Los Angeles. It was like one of the first photo shoots I'd ever done. And I remember being like, oh my God, it's on the every girl. I'm like Thank freaking you. out. Yeah, no, totally. But um, we're going to wrap with some sentence finishers. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. My perfect day begins with a cup of coffee, but also waking up naturally, not just screaming children. That is the greatest gift. When my eyes just open and I'm like, oh, I did it on my own and not screaming from the next room. What a joy. The three traits that got me to where I am today. I mean, I'd have to say hard work, creativity, and probably my, uh, we just did this strengths finder test. Uh, and I found out I'm an activator, which is like a, also a problem solver. Like if, if uh, yeah, problem solving, if there's something comes up, it's not like, shoot, something came up. My brain, li- my brain literally goes into action. Like 
okay, what are we going to do about it? I <laughs> think that's step, a so. huge trait people need to have if they're looking to start their own business. So I love that. The best career advice I've ever received. I mean, the advice to like put things in writing was a lesson I had to learn the hard way very early on. And, you know, I haven't, that's a mistake I haven't made since. So I think that applies to everyone, you know, the, the contracts, put it in writing, have contracts again, to protect yourself, to protect the other person. So true. Um, a fellow female entrepreneur I admire is. Okay. This might sound like an obvious answer. So Shay McGee is Studio McGee, as you, anyone listening knows. And I was just, again, talking to a friend about this and I was like, I was following Shay when she had 10,000 followers. So like to see her on Netflix and in Target, I have half the furniture line in my house. <laughs> like this is incredible. So I, I think I, it's just amazing what she and her husband have been able to build um, just from her raw talent. And, and again, authentic, like she's just been herself and puts her best work out there. And again, stay true to yourself. And like, it's like, look what can. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. She's going to be on the podcast too. So oh, yeah, that's amazing. But I, I love that. I love when you see people and you're like, oh, now they have 4 billion followers. Like a good example is hilarious. We, we had emailed Amanda Gorman, the poet to do something with us like last year. And I think she had maybe 20,000, I don't know, something like that. And we're like, she's so cool, whatever. And now after the election, she has- Can you get her? Oh, please. Like, <laughs> I was like, we lost our opportunity. Like, But yeah, it's so funny. But I'm like, it's just crazy because it just like, people explode. It's fun to watch. And final question is, success to me is- Gosh, that's changed over the years. Ask me when I'm 25 compared to now. So I, I mean, again, having kids has totally changed how I would probably answer that. So I want to say success is not- dreading your day. Like, and again, not to say you'll never have hard days, but I think it's very successful. And again, a privilege if you wake up and excited for some part of your day and what you're going to get to do that day. I, I, I feel very successful. And again, I, it was a, it was a difficult year and it will continue to be difficult as we grow, but like, I still love what I do. And I feel that's my, my greatest success. I feel very lucky as well. So I love that. I think that's such a great way to put it. It's very simple, thank you. but I think, I think <laughs> it's very accurate as well. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's such a pleasure having you on the podcast. And can you tell everyone where they can find more about the every girl and yourself? Yes. Yes. So again, I'm Elena Kazmarski. I'm the co-founder of the every and the every two websites, helping women shape well-rounded, happy lives. Uh, we're also on Instagram at the every girl and at the every mom. Thank you. For more inspiring conversations like this one, subscribe to Work Party on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review us or show us some love on social. We love seeing you tune in every week and share your favorite episodes. We're at Work Party on Instagram and at It's a Work Party on Facebook and Twitter. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party. Work Party.